Hey, welcome to the Derek's Live. I'm your host, Sean Derek, and I'm here with my lovely co-host and beautiful wife, Emily. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing tonight, Emily? I am really good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm glad that we're finally here. It's been a long time coming. Yes, lots of preparation. And so uh, we've been we've been talking about this a little bit on and off over the last couple of weeks on our social media channels. Uh, we had started a, a Derek Homestead channel that we kind of fell away from and just weren't really doing a lot with. And we really decided that it was time to do something that was uh, a little more purposeful and I think interactive. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, so here we are. So, and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about everything about where we're at. Um, talk about the homestead that hasn't really faded. Um, even though we haven't posted on social media a lot, we actually have spent a lot of time. Oh God, there's so much to do, (laughs) but we've done a lot, um, on the homestead and things that I don't think that we even dreamed were possible have really kind of come to fruition in the last year. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a cool process. Um, I think that there's been a lot that's led up to this, and uh, that's why we're here. Um, I know a, a lot of people say, well, hey, what are you going to talk about? What's this all about? Um, and I think we've even questioned that a little bit ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I know that um, that for me, it's just been like, hey, I'm, I'm just me. I, I'm, I feel like I've still got a long way to go. Um, and I, I don't know, would you say the same? Yeah. I mean, definitely that it's, a you know, we've got a lot that we've learned, but we've got a lot more to learn. And the podcast is just kind of a way to share some of our experiences and just put our voice out there and talk about some things that maybe somebody, somebody else isn't really talking about. Yeah, definitely. I I think that, um, definitely leading into doing some of the homestead stuff. We, we started getting a lot of feedback that people really loved the content that we were putting out with that. And they wanted us to dive deeper into some things. And we just didn't really feel like that was a well-rounded place or audience to just focus and talk about some of the things that we are really been on our heart um, over the last few years. Stuff has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, so we're here, episode one, Meet the Derricks. We just want to kind of reintroduce you to us because there's been a lot of you that have kind of followed along on social and and just been a little bit of part of our life, but a lot has changed um, over the last like four to six years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think <clears throat> if, if we step back, we, Emily and I, we just celebrated 15, 15 years. years, 15 years. So we, uh, we got away for a little bit of a weekend and did a lot of planning for the podcast while we were gone. Emily forgot to mute her phone foul. So, so this is our first episode, guys. There's going to be some technical stuff and we actually have some video coming too. uh, not for this episode, but that is definitely in the plans. And, uh, we are, we're, we're excited to share some things. So we got away, um, last weekend, spent, spent a couple days in uh, St. Augustine and just kind of dreamed and vision casted a little bit and talked about what we wanted to do here and why we were doing it. Um, you know, we got, we got married pretty young. Uh, Emily was 20, 21, you 21 just and, turned 21 and you just turned 20. Yeah. Well, so I say just, we got married in, in August and you get turned 21 and you were almost 22. So oh, six months. Yeah. <laughs> she's way, way, way older than me, fellas. So like a it's a year and a half. She's my cougar. Um, so anyway, we're, we're just, uh, we're hopeful that, that we're able to help share some of the experiences that we've had and dive into some subjects that we don't feel like a lot of people are talking about. Um, and there's, there's not really anything that's going to be off limits. Um, 
a lot has changed and we have a lot to share and we're curious to see what your thoughts are on things too. So we want to start this episode, like I said, just by by reintroducing ourselves and, and kind of diving into the why of this little bit. So Emily, can can you maybe share a little bit about how we met and uh, fast forward between there and and children and what that looked like for us? Yeah, so we were young, like he said. Um, he was just 19 and I was 20, and he was working for my dad um, out in Mount Dora. And I came in to help my dad with a few things, and that was all it took. He wanted to ask me out on Baby a Baby got back. <laughs> I was in my ballet clothes because I was studying ballet in school, and so um, it caught his attention. And the gentleman that he is, he went and asked my father first, can I take her out on a date? And my dad, I think, laughed at him. In my face. In in his face and said, uh, yeah, you can ask, but she'll probably tell you no. No, I I think his exact words were, I can't make her Her say say yes. yes, That's right. So I think he had this (laughs) expectation that, uh, that I was asking him to persuade you and that was not the case. Just trying not to get fired. So, <laughs> so he actually, my dad actually told me like, hey, there's this guy at work that's going to ask you out and you can do whatever you want. And the day before or that day when I was getting ready to head to the office, I had actually prepped in the mirror that I was going to tell Sean no. And like, I don't date people from work. It's not personal. Um <clears throat> And like I had practiced it in the mirror because I was, you know, gung-ho at, gung-ho at 20. And I got to the office and about lunchtime he came in, Sean came in and said, hey, he introduced himself again and well, said. Well, you got to you gotta back up because I had done some reconnaissance. Well, I, I, yeah. So, and I didn't realize this. So Mr. Derek had done some research and figured out that I was really big into like Broadway and um, musicals. And he'd asked around on the office to all the the ladies that worked in the call center that worked for my dad. And um, he had purchased tickets to Grease Live in Orlando. And a fucking cleaner already had (laughs) tickets. He already had had tickets. Um, And it was a dinner theater and like live production of Grease on stage while you ate dinner. Um, And. When he said that, like everything that I had practiced in the mirror went out the window and I looked into his big brown eyes and I was like, yeah, sure, let's do that. (laughs) And tell me no, couldn't tell him no. And so we went out a couple days later. It was wonderful and romantic. We walked around the lake at, um, was it Lake Eola? Yeah, downtown Orlando. In Orlando. And a month later, he took me back to the same lake and we walked around the lake. He had. Um, he had told me he was just going to take me to lunch and I did not realize it, but he, we got right in front, um, of the, what's the little theater there, the amphitheater. amphitheater yeah. And he pulled out a ring and asked if I would marry him and I'd be with him forever. And I said yes, without ever even thinking. And it dawned on me that. I was like, I didn't know how I was going to tell my family. <laughs> this was like, like five, six weeks into our relationship. It was not even five. Yeah. And, but, and like, just to give you some preface, like I actually asked her dad for permission and he told me no. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm doing this thing. I love her. This is who I'm marrying. So, 
it uh, it worked out. He uh, he wasn't a big fan then, but I think he's come around a little bit now. Um, we're pretty good friends, but but anyway, so you know when we uh, we got engaged, and there weren't a lot of people that were for uh, us no. at that point. Um, and we had a, a pretty long engagement. I mean, we were engaged for almost a year for sure before we got married. And even up until the wedding, we like, there were literally people at our wedding taking bets how long we'd be together. Yeah, for sure. So that was encouraging. So we had some pretty <laughs> serious concerns that, um, Emily's mom was going to interject, um, and, or that someone from my family might interject. Um, I, I hope that families come around. It's, it's been a little, little while now. Um, and, and we love them, but some of us are, some of them are still a little bit optimistic or pessimistic, I would say. Yeah. But anyway, so, so we got married. Um, but, but really the, the cool thing about our marriage is we had planned or dreamed for this big grandiose wedding. Um, we were both involved in church at the time pretty heavily. Um, but we were living together and, uh, that's a big, big no, no in church. Um, and so we had just kind of convinced ourselves that everything that was wrong in our life was because we were, uh, we were living in sin. And, uh, so we just decided, Hey, you know, I, I think that week our, our power got shut off. Mm-hmm. Um, we were dead broke and we were like, Hey, we're just going to get married. Let's just get married. It'll fix everything. <laughs> everything. And it kind of did. Um, but we, we, we canceled our, uh, our big grandiose wedding and move the wedding up to next Saturday. We, uh, it was we, six days. It was six days. I think that From was the day that we that decided we were going to get married. Yeah. We got married until next Saturday. We, uh, put everything together in, in six days and, and did that thing. It was a done deal. And, and we the, haven't looked back. Since. And we haven't looked back. <laughs> it's been fun. So I uh, I can truly say that there's there's nobody else in the world that I'd rather live life with. There are a lot of days that I'd like to put her in the dirt in the backyard, um, and I can certainly say there's a lot of days that she'd like to do the same for me. Um, but I I think we persevere and see through. Um, we got the dog in the background. If you can hear him flopping around. <laughs> so so M once once we got married, um, we thought everything would get fixed and that we just live this happy life and and we have in a, in a sense but it's definitely not been trial free well and i think the first couple of years uh, you know at least for me i thought that we'd have babies right away yeah <clears throat> and we struggled with fertility for uh, almost 10 years um go ahead well and I, I know that that was just that was a hard thing for both of us yeah. you know we we sh- we wanted children desperately to, to pour into and we got involved in student ministry to try to fill that void. Um, and, and we, I think feel like we made a difference in student ministry, but it never really did that. Yeah. Like it never fulfilled that want for children we did the pet thing. And, and that was cool, but still, yeah. and it was just like every month, you know, yeah. that you'd, we'd, we'd wait and wait and wait and try and track ovulation and all those things. And man, it was fun trying, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but we, uh, it always led in that that heartbreak when we you know you'd have that realization that this wasn't the month yeah so we uh we kind of started out on this journey we decided we were going to foster well and it's kind of cool because it like looking back you can kind of see the plan unfold that we didn't understand for sure we talked even before we got married that we always considered foster care and adoption like that was always our plan and our plan ha 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 was 
we wanted to have children of our own first. Mm-hmm. And then later on in life, we wanted to adopt. And that was our plan at 19 and 20. Yeah. But five years passed, eight years passed. And it was like, okay. I think it wasn't quite eight years. We got, we got the boys. I think I was 26, 25 so or 26. Six years. So it was right at six, six years. years. Six years passed. And it was actually our anniversary. We had gone away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we went to Jamaica. Is that the year I we went to so. Jamaica? Um, for our anniversary. And we, um, I think we spent a week there and it was not our best trip. Um, oh, that was a miserable trip. That, <laughs> that little hotel in Montego Bay was awful. awful. Um, but it gave us a lot of time to talk yeah. and it was like, okay, we can keep waiting and waiting and waiting, or we can just make the decision like we want to adopt we know that we want to adopt why are why are we still waiting um and so we got back and the very next week we signed up um for the it was just kind of like balls yeah deep you know we just kind of went all in and uh we we reached out and found our coordinator for foster care in the county we were living in and at the time you had to sign up for these what they call map classes Um, it's changed now. It's not that anymore, but we started doing our map classes and, uh, our, our goal was to adopt or, or just to foster, but we wanted to do older kids. Yeah, we wanted, and we were unique in our class because most everybody wanted to adopt a baby, but because of our experience in student ministry and in youth ministry, we knew that there was a great need for foster parents of teenagers and there wasn't a lot of interest. Everybody goes into fostering. They want to adopt babies, which is, which is cool. But, um, there's all these kids who age out of foster care every year and they don't have a family. And, and literally um, the, the support system, the transition plans there that the state puts together are pretty horrible. And so pretty often these kids get just put on the streets with a garbage bag of clothes. And um, a lot of them end up getting trafficked or end up in gangs or, or in jail, any way to survive, any way they can survive. And so we were, we were really trying to make the impact in someone's life for that not to happen. Um, and our, our plan was to do that for a stranger, but through that map class, one of the, they, they give you the, these homework assignments every week. And, uh, one of the homework assignments that they gave, gave us one week was to figure out the birth dates on our family tree and to put together a family tree and, and everybody needed a birthday as far back as we could go. And I think the gist of it was being able to, to realize like how these kids, connect with your family and how you guys are similar and uh, well and also to help them create that tree for themselves for eventually sure, for sure um so what what ended up happening out of that is i don't have a, a a really close relationship it's a much stronger relationship now than it was at that time but my my father's side of the family my dad has been in prison for murder actually since i was just a month old so that's a that's a whole other episode but um i don't have a a good history of my family there just because I, I hadn't had a str- uh, really strong relationship. So I actually called my uncle and uh, was asking him, Hey, what are some birth dates and, and times and, and stuff for, for some of these people. And I had to explain to him, you know, why I'm asking all these weird questions. And he says to me, well, Hey Sean, did, did you know your aunt's kids are actually in foster care? And I had, I didn't had no idea. No, I hadn't nobody talked had to reached him out in, to us or anything. Um, probably two years, three years at that point. And uh, like I said, no one, you know, typically the state is required to reach out and find an extended family before they put them with a foster. Uh, but that, you know, because of our distance or a couple hours away, that just didn't happen. 
So naturally, our our instinct was, well, if we're going to do this for strangers, we should absolutely do it for our family. Absolutely. So we we started the process pretty quick. Uh, reached out. Um, yeah, I had three cousins who were were all in foster care. The two boys, uh, ten and eleven at the time, mm-hmm. and a girl who was sixteen. Mm-hmm. She was fourteen. Four- she turned fifteen. Right. When she came to us. You're right. Right. Right before her fifteenth birthday. <clears throat> um, the boys were together. Or no, they were had just well, been separated. When we found out they were together in a foster home, mm-hmm. um, but they had a lot of behavior issues because everything in their world just got shut, you know, flipped upside down. For sure, uh, anybody would have behavior issues. But in this situation, they actually got separated. Um, so the boys were separated, and so was the older sister. So all three of them were actually in three separate homes. So we um, we we started the process to, to bring them all back together. At, at the time, the oldest was pretty comfortable where she was and des- decided, hey, I think I'm just going to stay. So we we just we got the boys uh, two days, two before, days before Christmas, Christmas. right? Yeah. Um, and it took it took about three or four weeks for everything to get put together and all the background. Well, the background checks were done because we'd already done our licensing background checks and everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we had all of our paperwork done within like yeah. two weeks, but I feel like we... Found out in October. You're right. And it wasn't until the end of December that we actually right. got It was a little bit longer than I it, thought. It took for, I mean, I was counting down days. And we were we were really concerned that they we weren't going to get them for Christmas. Yeah, we were really concerned we were going to miss them before Christmas. <clears throat> and we had, like, done all this shopping and, like, gotten sizes. And, like, we went all out for Christmas that year. Well, and it, it was hard because they didn't know that Us. any of this was going on even. Correct. They didn't know they were going to be moved. Yep. Um, they had kind of told them that we were trying to get them, but there wasn't like any definites there. Mm-mm. And we, we really didn't have a strong relationship or any relationship at all yeah. with the with the younger boys. The, um, the oldest girl, um, we had met a couple of times, but I would still say it wasn't a, a strong relationship. No. Um, so... We, we got all everything together and, and the boys came. Um, and then a few months later, we got their, their older sister. Yeah, it was right before Valentine's Day. Right before Day. Valentine's Day. And so in, in, in just a few months, we went from, you know, mid-20 empty nesters to re- having three teenagers. It was, it was awesome and terrifying <laughs> and shocking all at the same time. Yeah. Everybody thought we were crazy. Then we were. And, yeah, we were. <laughs> certifiable. <laughs> So, but it was, I mean, we wouldn't change anything and it was a grand adventure and there was a lot of ups and there was a lot of downs and a lot of like, it was a lot of chaos, but we kind of just took it in stride and Mm -hmm. like, we reminded the kids constantly, like, we're figuring this out just like you guys are figuring this out and we're going to do everything we can in our power to, you know, walk with you guys through this process. So it. I mean, it, it was really cool to, to kind of see everything that happened and continues to happen uh, with them. There, our, our oldest three are, are now 26, uh, 24, 22, 20, no, 23. He just turned 23 and 22. Two. So, no, you're right. I think he's 22. He is 22. And he's going to hear this and be mad at me, but yeah, he's, 22. he's 22 and, and 21. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be 22. 21. He'll be 21 and September. Yep. So, so we have, have the oldest three. Um, and then, so our, our oldest three might have a, a sister who's just a year younger than me and she got killed 
in 2016, we lost her and she had a few daughters, um, different fathers and the, the, a couple of the kids went to their fathers and, but one of the fathers was in prison and, uh, there was nobody to take the, the one-year-old. So we stepped up to take the one-year-old. Um, and that was a terrifying journey and crazy process. Yeah. And that took forever too. It took forever. Yeah. She passed in June, beginning beginning of June June. and we didn't get her till August 1st. So, and I, I guess that like hindsight, it's not yeah. a long amount of time, but it felt like an felt eternity like for, for an eternity. Um, so we, you know, we went through like the nesting stage and bought like all the baby stuff and we didn't know, we, we really didn't know if we would even get custody ever. Um, there were so many ups and downs and we kept getting this runaround. Well, and in, in foster system, everybody wants a baby. Right. So there was a lot of people that were trying to get custody, custody ever. ever. Um, as far as foster families, because a lot of foster parents go into fostering with the goal of adopting a baby, um, which there's nothing wrong with We're I'm not, there's nothing against that, but because of the, the demand, it was challenging, um, to get custody of her. It was, it was hard, but we, we finally did. And, uh, we were overjoyed and, um, overwhelmed, overwhelmed all at the same time of medical issues that had kind of gone unaddressed. Well, and I think at the same time we were dealing with some stuff in the house with yeah. the the middle boy, um, with the youngest, the youngest boy. You're mm-hmm. right. Um, to try and you know some behavior things there. He has autism, and uh, there were some other things that were were leading in there that were challenging to say the least. Um, I'm not going to put his business all out there. We love him to death, um, but it was it was a lot at that that time. Yeah. So uh, it was a reality. Um, but we figured it out and dealt yeah. with it the best we knew how and, and moved on and learned a lot in that experience, um, and have learned way more since that experience. We've been really, um, I know we were just discussing the other day, we were reading a book that we really felt like would have helped us a lot with that. And, uh, you almost feel guilty for not having access to those things earlier yeah. and diving in earlier, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and you, you do what you know, right? Yeah. So we say that to say, you know, so once, once we came, came through that, um, it was probably, was it a month? How, how long after? Uh, we got custody of, well, she was one at the time in, in August, right at the beginning of August. And then in sometime in October, October we found out I was pregnant. Yeah. So <laughs> we were, Emily was told that she'd never be able to have children. She's always had a problem with ovarian cyst. Um, and, uh, it was just because of that, we just didn't think we were going to be able to have kids. And um, we had kind of come to terms come to with ter- it. Yeah, like, for sure. This is, this is okay. This is where we're supposed to be. And we really, I mean, we love all of our kids, but we were really content with our big kids. And then, mm-hmm. you know, with the littlest one coming, like that was the baby. Yeah. I think honestly, like we were getting close to the end of yeah. like being empty nesters again in our like early thirties and we're yeah. kind of looking forward to yeah, it. It was like, like, Oh, we can go travel and like do we're crazy stuff. Just getting into like the prime of our careers <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and really making decent money and able to do some of the things we wanted to do. <laughs> and then along came babies and, and, and that was, you know, when we got the, the youngest adopted. Um, but you do what you got to do for, for family and for what it is. So, um, so we, we got pregnant 
had our, our first biological child. And I was actually, so their birthdays are just a day apart. I was in labor all day on our one-year-old's, well, it would have been her second birthday. I was in labor all day on her birthday. And it wasn't until just after midnight that I actually um, had our first. So it was like, it was a joke that, no, she's going to have to have her own birthday. We're not going to, they're not going to share, they're not going to share a birthday. And they were very purposeful about that. (laughs) So hours, hour and a half, is that what it was? Not, I mean, it was like 56 minutes. (laughs) So So, it was, uh, it was interesting, but, but we didn't think we thought, well, you know, we got pregnant. That was a fluke. Never happened again. And uh, then it did. So we we have a our youngest is two. So, so we have three at three at home now. Three at home, um, seven, five, and two. Yeah, and it's an adventure every single day. Um, I tell Emily all the time that if we had had our youngest first, we, we would have had, had no, none, more. no more. She children. is feral, <laughs> um, absolutely <laughs> fucking feral. But she's the cutest thing and the smartest thing you'll she's, ever meet. Just, we were doing, I don't remember what happened earlier, but we were, she's been a terror all day long. And we were sitting at the counter and she did something that was just absolutely adorable. And I just well, like. She called for her sisters for dinner. But it was so just I like. I put the plates down yeah, and so, she, she called her sisters. It's dinner time. <laughs> so it's just like, how, how can something be so like tyrannical and so adorable in the same five minutes? It doesn't, it doesn't compute to me. But anyway, so. We are, uh, we're parents of six, um, and, you know, through this whole journey, um, there's a whole lot of church woven in and out, yeah. um, a whole lot of church. Um, you know, we had been in roles where we were student ministry leaders, um, kids pastors, youth pastors, um, division directors I for, think, yeah, you were like for division. denominations, yeah. um, over student ministry and, and, and really just really trying to do what we could for the kingdom of God. I was a full-time pastor for a little while. Um, It didn't really work out the way I hoped it had. And and there was just this point where um, we just said, hey, we're going to go start our own church. And uh, we started doing a little home thing. And we had this pastor come alongside of us that invited us back to to our home church. and, And the plan was to to transition into the church and, and eventually take the church over is what he had asked us to do. And, uh, there were just some things that happened through that process that we weren't comfortable with and some timelines that, um, got pushed out further than what they were told we would, they would be. Um, and it, it really just put a strain on our marriage. There was a lot going on there. Um, and we just decided that it was time to, to walk away from that. Um, and there was a lot of other stuff in there. I mean, um, I don't, I don't want to put too much out there. Um, it wasn't just the pastor or the church or it was a lot of us and a, a lot of other people. And well, and I think it had a lot like of our family and we were dealing a lot with our kids. Yeah. Um, and trying to do the best we could with the situation. Uh, there was a lot of therapy and a lot of counseling that we were seeking out. And that was like, Schedule wise, that was time consuming, sure. and it also, um, there was some hurt from our kids. I think um, that they were struggling with that the church didn't recognize because they weren't familiar with the kind of hurt that. Yeah, I think I think people expect children to be a certain way, way. Yeah, 
And, you know, when you have kids that come out of the foster system, they've been exposed to some things that really rob them of their childrenness, their, their, yeah, innocence, their innocence, you know? Yeah. And so they, they have these mentalities and viewpoints that are very um, contradictive to things that people want them to, to have. Well, and a lot of it's survival For sure. instinct. It, it's just, it overrides a lot of things. So, and, and things, people say things to you as a parent and to your kids and to try to correct and, um, they don't always understand your methods because you have to deal with things from a different perspective right. than what they're they're typically used to. Um, so it, there was there was a lot that went on, and, and we so we decided to leave the church and and we walked away to to maybe visit some other churches and and just kind of be church visitors or, or members for a while and not in leadership, not in leadership. Um, but when you are in church leadership, it feels like everybody wants your gifting when you go visit somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was really, I think that you see churches become hoarders of spiritual giftings. When, when people walk in the door, they're always looking for how, how, how they we, can plug them in yeah. somewhere. How can, how can, we, we, can we use that fit? to, to advance our mission, which is, which is okay if it's done in the correct way. But, and, and that's again, another episode. Um, some of the, the cool things we want to get into, this is, you know, if you haven't figured out, probably not going to be your typical podcast. There's a lot going on here. Um, but we, we want to kind of walk through life with you and, and explore some stuff that people just aren't exploring. So, but anyway, digress. I digress. Um, so we, we decided to just visit some other churches and, and through this whole process, we we've been in a, a number of churches throughout our, our marriage, um, you know, and always in leadership and always in ministry, and you get to see some things and, and hear some things and understand some things that at at some point make it just hard for you to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're seeing, you know, these massive budgets in, in ministry um, and the things that they get spent on and they don't get spent on. And we just decided that, hey, this isn't really like this isn't this isn't it. Yeah. Well, and I feel like for both of us that we, we kind of dug deep into who Jesus was and what Jesus did as the church and he fed the people and he saw the people and. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's hard when you, you talk, you hear about like the gospel talking about going and proclaiming and, and, you know, making disciples, but making disciples is it's an action. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think the church's idea and what, what a lot of that has become has more of a country club mentality than a the go and seek mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when pastors are, you know, spending two to $3,000 every year or two to upgrade their MacBook pro and not paying the mortgage at the church, there's a problem. Right. And those are the kind of things that you see in ministry and when you have privy to, yeah, when you're in leadership, you get to see the budget. Yeah, you get to see the budget and discuss the budget and decide where things go. Um, it, it just made it hard, and so we we decided that we were ready to walk away um, from the body of the church for a little while. From the building. From the building. From that's the building. that's a better accurate description. So, from the building. Because I think that we've kind of still been purposeful to surround ourselves with people that are of good company, of high integrity. For sure. That 
have the same value systems that we do and still believe that, you know, that God is God. Well, and I think that <clears throat> at the same time, there's been this really like interesting component to our life that's happened is that we've really stepped into um, prosperity mm-hmm. at the same time. And we've also stepped into like this journey to make ourselves the best version of ourselves that we can. Um, you know, right about that, that time we were both dealing with a lot of, I think, depression and anger and hurt for some of the things that went on. And we, we sought out like some self-help books and, um, just some, we started listening to more podcasts and doing a lot more reading and listening and diving deeper into what else was out there for us. And I I think through that process, it's really transformed who we are and made us freer and like more unrestrictive to who we are. And so that's, that's a big part of who we are today. I think, um, if you haven't noticed, I, I say fuck a lot more than I used to. Um, and, and Emily does too. She's just a little bit more reserved than I am. I think, um, it just depends on the circumstance for sure. (laughs) You know, but it's, it's just become this thing like, and I think where that derived from is if you've ever listened to, to Gary Vaynerchuk, um, I, I started, like when I first started diving in, uh, Gary V was the first person that I really like dove towards. I read Crushing It um, and, and it changed my life and, and my perspective on things. If you haven't read that book and you're just not sure what you're supposed to be doing with yourself, go get it. It's a game changer. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I just realized that like, hey, like I'm not going to hell because I said fuck, right? Like that's that's not a deal breaker. And and if you think it is, then we can just disagree on the theology behind that. Um, you know, I, I think that we're called to be decent humans and to be believers and doers and to go and, and sow. I, I don't think that, some word that somebody just decided was a foul word is a make or break for me. I just don't. Um, I've, I've always been, and I've always struggled with the line. Yeah. Um, you know, where's the line? And I, I've just come to this place in my life that the line is wherever the fuck I want the line to be. And if you're on the wrong side of the line, that's okay. You can be behind me or you can be in front of me. I don't care. Like you can pick where you want to be. I'm going to pick where I want to be. If you don't want to engage, don't engage. You can turn the podcast off. Uh, You can shoot me nasty letters and text messages. And uh, I I think that the first time I cussed on social media, I got condemned by my old church friends who, you know, told me that I was better than that. And I was going to hell. And at the same point, I also got text messages and Facebook messages from people who were in the church that, said, thank you for just being you. Thank you for, for not, for, for, thank you for not pretending. Yeah. Like it, it was like, people were so refreshed to be like, oh my God, I'm not the only person who says fuck outside of church. Yeah. I'm not the only person who gets upset and yells at my kids. <clears throat> I'm not the only person who argues with my wife. You know, I think we, we created this like big facade of happy, you know, in the church, everybody does. Right. And we pretend 
while we're on Sunday, we, we fight with our wife or our husband the whole drive to church. <laughs> and then we smile when we got to the car and shake everybody, the pastor's hand. And everybody sits nice in church and smiles. Go sing about violent wet kisses and come home and fight some more. Um, and, and I'm joking. We don't fight like that. We, we actually I mean, we have. We but have, but not it's not a normal no. normal circumstance. So, you know, but but I'm just at this place where I don't care, right? Like, I'm going to be me. And if you don't think I'm going to heaven... That's cool. I don't need your commitment. I don't. I don't need your approval. You're. You're not the one that determines that. I'll have to answer to God for who I am, and so will you. So you know, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Um, I do some things that are probably pretty unorthodox. Um, I, I don't care. You know, we're going to be who we are. Uh, we don't need your approval. And if you think that we do, just turn it off. I mean, you can keep listening for your own misery. It's going to help our, our numbers and, you know, make sure you like, and subscribe. Just don't leave negative reviews. Fuck <laughs> off. All right. So, you know, and it's unique. We, we say all that to say that as you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening with your kids, just be aware that those, that is part of our conversation. We're not trying to be vulgar, um, in distaste to your children, but we just want you to be aware of that. And we'll try if there's something you know, a little bit more intimate that we're talking about because we plan on talking about marriage. We plan on talking about things that we're dealing with our children, with behaviors, with diagnosis. Some of that stuff is kind of touchy and you may want to kind of understand it prior if you're, so it's not something you listen to with your children. Well, and I I think that those are some cool things we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about, I think some pretty risque stuff too. Correct. Uh, we plan to get into some marriage stuff and some, uh, some sexy, sexy stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're going to, there's not going to be any t- subjects here that are off, off limits. limits right. Um, and, and we want you to be comfortable with that. Um, but we also want you to understand that, Hey, this might not always be something you can listen to with the kids on the way to school. Uh, this is maybe, you know, when you're sitting in the bed at night with the AirPods in or, enjoying your bath or your, your gym workout or something like that. So we're, we're going to try to keep this around an hour. Um, but it's not always going to be that this one might be a little bit longer at, at 38 minutes right now. And, uh, I know that there's still a little bit we want to cover, but I, I think our, our goal, I think one of the things that like I've really struggled with, we've talked about doing this podcast for a while. Yeah. It's been a few years and people have asked, like, I get on like conversations with people like, man, you should do a podcast or a social media channel or YouTube or something like that. And I've just been like, like who the fuck wants to listen to me? I don't have anything to say about stuff, but people keep asking and people keep asking. So I'm going to do it. And well, but I think the deciding factor for us, we had this conversation. Yeah, and that so, was a huge combo. Um, we both like, that was kind of our thing. Like why nobody really wants to hear from us. Nobody wants this from us. And we had this conversation, like if the only people that have this is our kids, we would do this just for them. So they had our voice. So they had the stories. So they heard our perspective. Um, and they, they have it. If that's the only reason we did it, then that's the, that's, that's the right reason. Yeah. I think, I think at the end of the day, like if, if our six kids are the only ones who ever listen to this, then fuck the rest of you guys. <laughs> like I'm, I'm glad that they'll have something to hold on to of, of mom and dad. So that's uh, this is for them. The rest of you guys were happy to bring you along for the ride. I'm glad you're here. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's all about them. And I, I think at the end of the day, like our goal and our, our drive here is, is really just to make ourselves the, the parents they deserve. 
Um, and you know, by no means of this, like no stretch of the imagination have we arrived or do we have this all figured out? Uh, we don't, we, we fail and fuck up every single day. Uh, we are constantly having to go back and apologize to each other or to our children and, and own our mistakes and, 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 you know, let, let the buck stop with us and, and take responsibility for those, those mistakes. But, you know, at the same point, um, I feel like we have value to add to the conversation. And so here we are and, and we're going to do what we can. And, and if you don't like it, that's cool. If, if you love it, let us know if there's something that you think you want discussed, uh, drop us a note, hit us up on social media. We're on all the platforms. So find us at the Derek's live and, uh, and do that. So, you know, I think Emily, what do you think, like, what's your goal here? What are you trying to, to do? What do you, what do you think that, that this is going well, for me, I think it's it's a conversation really about life. It's talking about marriage. It's talking about intimacy. <clears throat> it's talking about family and how we structure our time and what's valuable and what's not valuable. Um, for me, there's another component because we homeschool. So there, I think that there's value there to talk about that conversation as well. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's back up <clears throat> now a little bit because we, we did decide to pull our kids out of school um, at the, like, probably halfway through last year or right after the first semester, right? Yeah, right of, after the of first 2021, yeah. 2020, 2021 school yeah, year. 2021. So, um, our oldest that's still home, our seven year old started first grade. Correct. Uh, she had gone through kindergarten at our, our local, um, elementary school. And she had this teacher, um, Emily tells the story a lot better oh than gosh. I do. It's, it's, <laughs> The poor kindergarten teacher just was traumatized and she took her trauma out on her six kindergartners and Brianna, our seven-year-old, or I guess she was five at the time, is, um, what do we call her? She's fire and you can't miss her. Like, and we encourage that with like, <laughs> I, I could tell her constantly, you're going to change the world. <laughs> you just have to survive it first. Um, but she likes to draw and she's an artist and she will like every day we do art. Um, and the kindergarten teacher was very upset with COVID. It traumatized her. She was crazy about the masks and you have a room full of five-year-olds that really don't comprehend it entirely. Anyways, it's confusing. It's scary and masks are obnoxious and it's hot and we live in Florida and it's a million degrees. And, uh, the five-year-olds would take their masks off and the teacher would send home emails and I would get phone calls about once or twice a week that our daughter took her mask off and that she wasn't being respectful and following the rules. And uh, it, it almost got to the point that it was comical because I was like, okay, what'd she do today? And I, uh, the one phone call was like, well, she gave somebody a dirty look. <laughs> it's like, Mm, that's not really a reason to call home. No, it, it just got to the pit <laughs> point where it was nitpicky, but I think I, what really pushed so, it. So was this final thing. So it got to the point, she loved kindergarten. She loved going to class. And then all of a sudden it was like a switch. She, she didn't want anything to do with it. She was crying before school. She didn't want to get dressed. She was absolutely terrified to go to school and I could not figure it out. And it took me two or three days of like, the knockdown drag out fights, literally dragging her out the door in the morning to get her to class. And finally I was sitting in the car with her and she's just bawling in the back seat. I said, what is wrong? What are you, what, what is going on? And she said, mom, the teacher said that if I come to school with a runny nose that I'm going to kill somebody. And I said, do what? 
she said that the teacher told her that if they came to school sick, that they could kill her mom or they could kill somebody. And so what it boiled down to was that COVID was killing people and that if you came to school sick, that you definitely had COVID, except these are five-year-olds and they have no comprehension Uh of the difference between allergies, which is what she was actually dealing with, and COVID. And it turned into like this thing. And I went and had a meeting with the guidance counselor and I had a meeting with the principal and I met with the superintendent. And all of this time, the teacher wouldn't come meet me. She would not come to the office. She would only communicate over the phone or through email. And it... She just kept blowing us off. Yeah. And then it started like, almost like a personal attack on on our daughter. She was knocking points. So she would draw on her tests and her homework and she would take points off on her papers because she was drawing on them. And it just got to the point that it was nitpicky. And we had considered the homeschooling journey at that point, but there was a lot going on. And... Well, it it would mean that you were going to have to quit your job, yeah. um, you know, which was impactful at the po- at that point. Yeah. Not super, but impactful, um, you know. And so we, we carried over through that that summer and kind of discussed it. And we I think we made the decision before school started, like let's get through the first Let's-, semester yeah, and see and evaluate. It's a different teacher. It's a different atmosphere. Maybe it'll be better. And the COVID nonsense started day one all over again. <laughs> and and it and look we 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 understand that there's there's some caution that needed to take place there, but we live in a very um, liberal County and it was just overboard. And even, even the principal was like, yeah, it's ridiculous, but the County's making us do these things. And, and so we were just done at that point and we just decided to pull the, the parachute and, and bring them home. Yeah. So, and our, I guess she would have been four at the time. She'd actually started VPK at the public school. So we had two that we actually, pulled yeah, she out. was doing like a, a, a VPK is on on the elementary campus, yeah. um, and then we had the one, the one year old at the time um, she was in daycare. In daycare, so you know we we kind of just dove in. We were just one week done, and we just we, we pulled the kids out of everything, and uh, Emily put her notice in and and was home. Yeah, you know, so it was it's and it's been awesome. Trial by fire. Yeah, I for mean, sure. We've struggled um, trying to figure out where we were at, where we needed to start. Well, I think our seven-year-old has, she's, she was a little bit um, regressed a little bit and, and was struggling with some reading comprehension yeah. and, and all the things that kids struggle with. And she needed a little bit more one-on-one attention, which I think has been a game changer for her. She is totally night and day different kid now yeah. than she was at that point. Even just every, not, not just academically, but just emotionally and personality yeah. wise, everything. She's calmer. I mean, she still has her moments, but what kid doesn't? Yeah, for but, sure. I mean, there were times that like, I felt like we just like, I, I couldn't restrain her. Yeah. And now she can have a conversation. She like, she can like interact with her siblings. She's, she really is. She's just a different person. Yeah. So it's, um, and so, and, and Emily has done a phenomenal job, um, doing things at the right pace and at the right time and pushing and pressing, but not to a point that it's overwhelming for the kids. Yeah. And I think that that has been pretty huge for their development. And so we started, um, our, our middle child that's at home still is, was not old enough to technically start kindergarten, but we were just like, fuck it, we're going to do mean, it. She was doing the same work yeah, that she was, the older one was doing because I had it. Yeah. 
And so we've got the the two that they're they're five and seven now. Uh, so technically first and second grade or kindergarten, kindergarten and second, second grade. grade. And uh, then our two year old is really just starting to to get into some of the uh, signing and talking and, and reading and enunciating stuff. Emily's doing a lot of phonics with her. Yeah. What else are you working on with her? So uh, most of uh, our two year olds curriculum is all sign language. Um, and it's. I mean, and she signed so stinking good. It's yeah, ridiculous. She signs. It was crazy. We watched her. So she's got an iPad that we use for signing and it's got several different apps on it. But one of the the apps is just a like a, like flashcards almost with like a picture and a word. It doesn't have any sign language. Well, she would flip between that application and the sign language app and find the word that the picture was on the other app and figure out the sign language and then go back to it, say the word again and sign it. And like she did it in a matter of seconds. And I watched her. I was like, did she just, and then she did it again. I was like, she did. She, she just, she is putting the pieces together so she can sign words that she wants to figure out. Yeah. And I feel like every time you're like, no, she's stupid, stupid, uh, stupid, smart, tongue twister. Um, every time we say that, you're like, yeah, but she's our kid. You know, like every parent's like, my kid's amazing. Like, yeah. But when we get her around, like everybody else, everybody else says she's like ridiculous. And she is. Yeah. Um, she's she's feral, though. She's a lot to handle. <laughs> so. she, she jumped off the bed right before her second birthday and broke her arm because she thought she could fly. So like that's that's just our regular. She jumps and climbs on everything. Um we have installed like ninja warrior stuff in the backyard to kind of help focus some of that energy. But I mean, she's, she's a hot mess. It's quite Um, ridiculous. So, but we're also doing with her, um, I found this curriculum and it's just a book, but it's teach your baby to read. And it's, it's, really she's figured it out really because she figures everything out quickly but yeah. she's figured out the teacher baby to read and she's probably got i don't know a dozen words that she can recognize without pictures just from the letters um and, and she's two so but the same thing is happening because the older two are kind of doing the same curriculum she's just watching what they're doing and she's so competitive and she wants to be big that she's really learning stuff that is way beyond her age just because that's what she's around yeah well and you know i think it's just like you said her sisters just challenge her to to keep up and yeah. she does so it's it's been quite interesting to say the least um we are just happy to get through the day with our sanity most days <laughs> it's uh it's challenging and um makes us be better people because if we didn't try to be better people we would be felons so <laughs> <laughs> And we, again, we're not perfect. We do not always succeed at this. There are a lot of failures. And I think the one thing that we have taken away from this is that when we fuck up, when we mess up, that we, I say quick, usually within the same day, make a point to apologize. If that's to our spouse. So we, you know, like even today setting up this podcast room, we were like at each other and it was like, dirty looks and yelling and screaming. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I messed up. I was agitated. I'm sorry. And I was like, I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's kind of like you, you, it's hard not to let some of the other stuff with, with life carry over yes. into like your day to day. Right. Yeah. And so like you're dealing with the kids and the stress and the dog and you know, everything else that goes on. And then we're, we're trying to get all this together and we're just trying to carry shit inside to set it up and 
trying to talk each other through it. And we're like, no, fuck you. You're not, don't tell me what to do. The dog's in the way. I'm not trying to die. <laughs> so, it, you know, marriage and life gets interesting. And, and I, I think, you know, what you got to do is just make, make time to make it right. Yeah. I, I think as Andy Andrews says that we don't always, God didn't give us the ability to make the right decision all the time, time. but he gave yes. us the ability to make all decisions right. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when you fuck up, you got to own it yeah. and, uh, and you got to say sorry. And that goes to our kids too. For sure. So if we mess up with our kids, which we do frequently, we are very purposeful to go back afterwards and say, listen, that was not the right way for mommy and daddy to handle that or for mommy to handle that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and, well, and we're purposeful to make our kids do the same yeah. and, and make sure that they understand that you got to own that shit. Yeah. Uh, you messed up and, and you need to go say sorry and mean it. So and fix it. That's that's a freebie. That's a whole other episode, yeah. but you get that freebie right there. Um, you know, so I think our, our hope here, guys, is that that you're really just able to, to, to live life with us. And I, I think that they say that you're the, the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. I think we live in a day and age that we get to surround ourselves digitally with whatever we want to. And uh, you get to, to rub shoulders and, and love on people. And I hope that this impacts you some way. I'm not sure how. I don't know if it will. If and it doesn't, and you just we just get to be friends, that's okay. But um, I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for listening along. Um, am I missing anything? Am I, I? We didn't talk about the homestead. We said we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, we, we moved out to the middle of fucking nowhere two years ago. Not nowhere. We moved 30 minutes from the football stadium of our favorite team in the whole wide world, which is the Florida Gators. Chomp, chomp. So... This was like every dream I've ever had since I was like six come true. This is like, I wanted to have a farm. I wanted to be near the Florida Gator camp- campus. We are huge Florida Gator football fans. And so like when we found this property, we're like, okay, GPS it to the stadium. It's like 26 minutes. Like this is it. This is, this is everything it's that everything we wanted. wanted. Um, well, I think part of it was we were, we were living in a, um, really close to a very large retirement community. If you know where we live, you're, you're familiar. And, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on just development wise and people wise. And we didn't want to like raise our girls in that atmosphere and and around the people that were there. Um, we didn't want to raise them in like a small cookie cutter neighborhood. So we decided, Hey, we're going to, we're going to try to find some property and uh, we just started getting on Facebook and seeing what we could find. And this is where we landed. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. I love our, our, our little homestead we've got. Uh, just uh, just shy of 12 acres outside of Gainesville. And uh, in a little town that is just that we love. So, And it's, it's been a, uh, a cool opportunity for our kids to have some responsibility outside of just your normal Make like, your bed make and your clean, bed your, and clean room. your room stuff. And they, uh, we have our properties fully fenced. So we're able to send the kids out to the playground and not have to worry about someone snatching them off of the corner. It's, uh, it's been nice. We, we really like it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's been a journey. It's an adventure. It's definitely different than living in the suburbs. And we're still trying to figure it out. Like, yeah, for sure. We're not there yet. <laughs> There's still a lot to do. We got chickens and rabbits and dogs and like, it's growing. 
Um, we're starting our garden, but like we're figuring all of this out from the ground up. This is not how we were raised. This is not an environment that we've ever been exposed to. (laughs) So we're very much like, okay, what does YouTube say? What does Google say? Because we can figure those things out. And so that's pretty much how we're doing it. Like we're surrounding ourselves with the right people Mm -hmm. and asking the right questions. We hope, um, Well, I think it's been amazing the knowledge that we've been able to glean just from social media yeah. and YouTubers. You know, I, I think there's something special about sharing what you've got, even if you don't think it's something that somebody yeah. else wants. And so that's why we're here. You know, let us know if this is, you know, anything we've said has been valuable to you. Cause we're, we're honestly, we're just kind of rowing the boat and uh, seeing where the water takes us <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. you know? So it's a, it's going to be an adventure. We're we're really excited about what's ahead. We're uh, we're going to start doing. I'm trying to get some video set up. It takes, takes about um, I don't know that we've got about fifteen hundred dollars worth of equipment, not including like laptops and shit that we had already um, set up for this thing. And we've really only got two mic setups. We're looking at we're going to add a couple. I've got some interviews lined up already to bring some some guests in that are going to be able to help talk about some different subjects and and help deep dive into some things that might be valuable to you as parents or, um, you know, individuals or, or whatever you're in. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different content here. So, you know, make sure you're following us on, on all the platforms. Um, you know, give us a review so you can push those rankings and help us get up and, and get some more downloads. But, but thanks for following along. Uh, Emily, anything you want to add before we dip out tonight? No, I'm really excited that we're here and I'm excited that you're on this journey with us. Um, Feel free to reach out and message us or uh, comment on any of our platforms. And we look forward to our next episode. Yeah, so we got to say it around here. Fuck your excuses. <laughs> so, uh, so leave with that. And uh, thanks for following along, guys. Have a great night.